What's up, guys? And Jacob Walsh. Yo. I, I, I can't figure out if I like yo or hello. I, every time, every time you, I know it's my turn to say hello. I have stress about that every week. Yeah, I know. Me too. And I'm like, do I say hello? Do I say what's up? Do I say hi? I, I, it's it's literally stressful the entire time you're doing the intro. Mm-hmm. And then every time I say <laughs> Whatever, I instantly hate what I said. I immediately hate myself. Yeah. For for a hundred and however many episodes we are. I hate it. Jake, nobody hates it more than I do. Hello. Just stop it. Why do we do it? Fine. Okay. All right. Abby. We're yes have some oh, podcast. Here people we go. want to know how we're doing. Abby. Yes. New intro. You do it. Go. Okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Yes Have Some Podcast, episode 143. I am your brand new host, Abigail Gardner. I am here in Atlanta with my co-host, Craig Goldberg. Hello. <laughs> and Jacob it? Walsh in Valdosta. That is not what I sound like. Fucking Hello. asshole. Oh, I wasn't doing an impression to you. I hate this. Oh, I like now it. Now, Jake, you do it intro. I hate it. Okay. <laughs> here, here's Jake's intro. He'd be like... Hey, this is Yes Have Some. Fucking stressed. It, it would be like, hey, welcome to Yes Have Some podcast. We're all doing fine. Let's talk about stuff. <laughs> Hi, we're fine. Don't worry we're about here. us. Hi, we're here. Hi, everybody's fine. We're good. Let's go. Yeah. Well, all right. How many minutes was that? <laughs> Are we done? I remember when we first started Thank you for reco- listening. Yeah. When we first started recording, like, <laughs> guys. Starting a podcast, having no experience doing this stuff, it was kind of hard for us. I think I've talked about it before. Um, There's definitely a couple lost episodes. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. There was definitely, there was one episode. Man of Steel. Yeah, we were like reviewing Man of Steel for some reason, like four years after it came out. (laughs) And uh, I don't even remember this. I I think it was just you doing that. Like, I I remember specifically in my head, I was like, okay, I think it's been like probably an hour. And I looked at the the timer. It was like 12 minutes. (laughs) I was like, oh, man, I'm running out of things to say. Um, Why were we doing uh, this? But now you can't shut us up. Yeah. We never put po- that was the episode we never posted. Dude, we should re-record it. Yeah. I remember when we first started podcasting, it would take us an hour to get past our intro. It would no, be like, no, all right, starting over. Do all right, starting over. Do We're doing it over. Do, do it starting again. over. I don't like that. Let's do that again. Let's do it again. <laughs> okay, should I go by like my real name or my and stage name? And now we're name? like and now we're like no edits. Don't give a Zero shit. Zero edits, yeah. Yeah. I used to be like, Oh, I got a fact wrong. Let's let's take it out. It's Dude. like no, just keep it all in. Hey. Let me know when somebody I get else a fact correct right. Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, it's our podcast. Fake yeah, news. Uh, make up the news. Well, welcome our, everybody. It's the, in the YHS universe. 
Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. our Quentin, universe. Quentin Tarantino can do it, so can we. Exactly. True. In our universe, Godzilla doesn't blow fire. One time I remember before I saw Inglorious Bastards, I told Abby, I was like, I think your dad would like that movie because he's like a World War II enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> then I watched it, I was like, no, nah, it's a little mm, different. No. <laughs> it's it's better. It's better. <laughs> I'm like, I try to like, uh, I try to like, uh, you know, chum up with him and like to talk to talk about something on his level. I'm like, so Mickey, uh, what do you know about the bear Jew? Did you know the Inglorious Bastards? Like, did you know that was happening whenever it was going on? Yeah. yeah. Did you read the books about it? He's um, read every book in the library on World War Two. Uh, so, anyways, well, welcome everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I there's so much going on. Right? Yeah. Got a lot going on. We just did our latest Patreon episode. We covered Godzilla 1998. Uh-huh. It's actually not called that. It's just called Godzilla. But Godzilla. We, we, you know, we, yeah. we can't let people think we're reviewing a good Godzilla. <laughs> no, it's like a disclaimer. You have to let them know that it's 1998. The it's the yeah. bad one. Yeah. This podcast is rated G for Godzilla. <laughs> I hate myself for saying Why that. Did, what was that? Yeah. yeah. I was trying to... If this, if this was hey, the first episode, we would start it. the entire stop, thing stop, over hey, because stop, you said stop that. Stop recording right now. I, Do no, that better. Guys, 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 listen, <laughs> guys, listen. I am going to try out a couple new characters tonight. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Cool. Bad <laughs> podcast. It's the guy who, no matter what the situation is, I announced the situation is being rated a certain letter. <laughs> so, like, so, for instance... Abby, talk about uh, Ghostbusters Fan Fest real quick. I cannot wait for Ghostbusters Fan Fest. They just announced something. Am I allowed to talk about that yet? This podcast is rated G for Ghostbusters Fan Fest. (laughs) (laughs) It's always G. G Wait, I both hate and love this character. (laughs) I want to do one more. I want to do one more. Uh, 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 You know, I I heard that uh, we've been trying to get... um, you know, uh, Zach Galligan on the show so we could talk about Gremlins 3 a little bit and maybe he would, uh, you know, come on and talk to us about Gremlins 3. This podcast is rated G <laughs> for Galligan, Gremlins, and Ghostbusters. It's Sesame Street. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Every time do you have to... Is that a rule to the character? Every time you have to also announce the previous things. So yes. by the end of the episode, it's like 50 things and you have to remember yes. them all. Yes. At the end of this episode, it's going to be like, this episode was brought to you by Godzilla, Gremlins, Galligan, Ghostbusters Fanfest, Ghidorah. It's all G. It's all G. It's all G's. I love every, it. Every time anybody says a word that starts with a G, that character has to go. That oh would, God. I would kill myself. Cool. Yeah. That would be great. Oh, <laughs> shit. This podcast is brought to you by Great. <laughs> uh, if we got any new listeners this week, I'm sure they're gone by Sorry. now. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's annoying already. Yeah. Um, but hey, <laughs> we're not talking about high school, so that's good. Okay. Listen, we do have a lot to cover. Um, Patreon, if you want to get on the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash yes, have some. It's $5 a month. You get two to three bonus episodes. We're having a lot of fun with that stuff. We're going to cover more movies in depth, take a deep dive. It was Abby's first time seeing Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Uh, Without giving too much away, Abigail, what did you think of Godzilla? The whole time I was wondering why I picked it uh, to watch as our Patreon. Now, honestly, it was uh, was a lot of fun. Like, there's a part of me that really enjoys watching, um, or at least catching up on, like, parts of uh, 
I want to say like pop culture that I missed out on entirely because I didn't see what that is movie. This pop culture? When it came out. Um yeah, it was it was definitely and more than anything, it's just fun to kind of get back and, and talk the three of us after I've seen it for the first time. And yeah. hey, real know. quick, Jake, you flipping that coin? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jake, stop flipping that coin. By making too much stop, noise. I gotta stop hitting the table. Jake's like the kid from us with his little uh, throw it away. With yeah. his little lighter. You told me you couldn't hear it. This thing's uh, bullshit. Yeah, well, this episode is brought to you by I Can't Hear It. <laughs> hey, listen, I've never heard it before now. Um, so it was a different to, coin, that's why. To let everybody know, we are going to be talking about us and Captain Marvel a little bit later in the episode, so there will be some spoilers later. Uh, but we're not going to get there yet. we got other stuff to cover. Um, one thing that I thought would be fun, did you all... Uh, here's the part where I act like I'm asking you a question, but I already know that you know the answer to. Mm-hmm. Get a little behind the scenes peek here. Um, mm-hmm. This uh, another my one of my other favorite Zacks besides Ripping Zach the Gallagher wall. is Zach Snyder. Yeah, and he's doing some stuff. Such a such a good guy. Yeah. You know what? I have defended this guy. Uh-huh. He's got he went through a family tragedy. Uh, I like some Zack Snyder movies. I like Watchmen. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's good. I've never seen 300, but I always, anytime I saw the, the trailer, I was like, oh, that, that looks interesting. Um, so that's, that's kind of like liking a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been trying to trace, here's a, here's a little background information. So since Zack Snyder was replaced on Justice League with Joss Whedon, there's been this kind of like uprising of kind of angry DC Twitter fan dudes who have been, like, calling for the Snyder Cut to be released because, you know, DC and Warner Brothers wanted a Marvel movie, so they just watered down, you know, Justice League and made it suck, or whatever, whatever their their thing is. So there's this whole, like, uh, hashtag release the Snyder Cut, Mm. which is really funny because the information that came out this week told us there is no Snyder Cut. Uh, (laughs) Apparently they never even filmed the script uh, in its original form, but did you guys read about this stuff at all? Uh, I I was kind of like, here here's my whole thought pre- process. Um, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been reading it at all. Um, I've seen people posting about it. I've seen it being referenced here and there. Um, I I really loved Watchmen. I think Watchmen is a is a very very good book to movie adaptation. Um, but I think everyone knows, you know, my general feelings on like the DC universe. And I just don't give a shit. I haven't read anything until today when you were like, hey, you have to read this because we're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, Zack Snyder comes out, some Q&A. And maybe, listen, I feel like he's going to backtrack on some of the stuff. I hope he does because it was like maybe he's pandering a little bit. But he's basically like the whole the, the whole discussion was about. Batman or Superman killing people, right? So, like, one of the core tenets of Batman is that he doesn't kill his enemies. Am I right about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's, sure. like, his exact It's what distinguishes is, him and sets him apart from the bad guys, is that he doesn't yeah, kill yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All, that, all that shit. All good stuff. Um, so the quote from Zack Snyder is, Once you've lost your virginity to this fucking movie, <laughs> and then you come and say to me something about my superheroes wouldn't do that, I'm like, are you serious? I'm like down the fucking road on that so obviously he's gonna go down in history as one of the great uh philosophers of our time um what i wanted to do uh is bring in friend of the podcast john yerkeba 
to uh, talk about this just for a few minutes with us because he's very opinionated. Uh, he's uh, kind of my go-to, like, uh, I got, I feel, I'm not a big comics guy. Jake, you're way more into comics than I am. Abby, you're way more into comics than I am. Yeah, but not DC comics. Oh, so I wanted to Sorry. bring John in uh, to get his opinion on some of the stuff. But uh, while we dial him up, Abby, what uh, what was your initial reaction to these Zack Snyder comments? Well, from here on out, I'm going to refer to seeing a movie for the first time as losing my fucking virginity to it, because I think that's amazing. Um, Zack Snyder, my thought when I read this and, like, the way that he was talking, he I feel like he was he's in the wrong timeline, like he's supposed to exist in 1999, um, because he's just, he's very aggressive, and um, also, it's just... I feel like he's doubling down. Like the idea of uh, people pointing out that Batman shouldn't be killing civilians or killing people, even if they're bad guys uh, or taking people's lives. I feel like he should maybe explore it in some way other than just being like, yeah, he's a tough guy. If you can't deal with that, if you, you know, then then it, it just, it doesn't, it's, it's unlikable. And I don't think that it represents whatever I liked about Batman in general or, or know about him. Like it just, it's bizarre. Uh, John Yurkeva, he's on the line now. Hi, John. Oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, hey, John. What's up, dude? Um, John, we, uh, funny you should chime in during our Zack Snyder conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I have some thoughts about this person in particular and his, his views on several things. I love that we treat, so every other podcast in the world, like, has a ton of editing and, like, they, they would have had a big introduction, but uh, John just appeared in the middle of Abby's conversation. That's what I love about it. Like he just here. Um, Some, somebody said the magic word. Somebody rubbed the lamp. We put up the John signal. We put up the John signal. Yeah. Thank what, you. What, what, what would the John signal be, Abby? Um, it's like I'm um, to think about that one for a second. Maybe like a Y, like a big Y, like a big yeah, or a Roman numeral four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I could see that. I do love that a friend of the podcast, Ryan Dole, refers to you as John Yurkeba Part 4. That's one of my yeah. <laughs> It's a successful franchise so far. So. You're doing well. <laughs> um, well, John, so we wanted to bring you on for a few minutes. You're, you're a, a well-versed in the comics world. You've got strong opinions about uh, Batman and, and you know, all that shit. Uh, what, a, what, a, what, a, what were your initial reactions to Zack Snyder's comments? Um, I wasn't surprised. However, every time he opens his mouth about something having to do with comics or making movies about comic book characters, it, like, it simultaneously doesn't surprise me. It also just, like, it makes me shake my head and just wonder, like, who let him be in charge? Like, the the journey from the Christopher Nolan Batman films to where we are now, just it kind of blows my mind. Like all of the things that people loved about those Batman films, whether you like the last one or not, like in general as a whole, like you can look at those movies and pick out like, this is why they worked. And you can do that on a surface level or you can take a deep dive. And I feel like most people will understand like, yeah, these were the good things about it. I feel like DC and Warner brothers like looked at all of the possibilities of like, what are the lessons we could take from this and took all the lessons they shouldn't have taken from it and decided that was what they were going to run with. And it's, 
it like Zack Snyder was like the perfect person to be like, yeah, I can get with that. And I think a lot of it has to do with his own tastes and his mentality. And it's just, it's, it's really just like watching a car crash. And the, like every time he gives an interview or talks about it, you're, it's like, you're looking at this, you know, 12 car pile up and going, God, this is awful. There's never been a worse accident in history. And then he says something else. You're like, Oh no, another car just slammed into like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like you're just like, how does this keep happening? We're just going to start referring to him as the accident. Yeah. That's his, <laughs> like he's turning into a super villain himself called the accident. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great analogy. Cause I was in a car accident recently and it is like that third car oh, finally geez. hitting you from behind. You're like, Oh my God, I thought Every this was single over. Conversation comes back to this. Damn. The accident. God damn. Pike <laughs> high tower. Um, Jake, did you see, uh, uh, Oh, we didn't do our Hello John thing. Hello John. Hello John. <laughs> we also didn't call him Top Fan, John Yurkeva. Top Fan? Top Fan. Top we need to Welcome to Top Fan. I'm over. Ten contestants. No, well, what I realized is the, the Yes Have Some Facebook page, it updates the top fans every couple days. Oh. So maybe each week we can read our roster to see, like, who yes. moved up the charts, <laughs> who got booted. Ooh. The standings. Um, <laughs> we'll do, like, a March Madness bracket. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I will do a bracket. I feel like... Top who, fan survivor? Who would be the YHS top fan final four? John, John Ryan... Not Hal, because you know Hal's the only other person who's ever co-hosted the show, but you know he's not listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see after this if he does. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of avid posters in there, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, Jake, did you see Zack Snyder's comments about like what he was originally going to do with Justice League? The thing that really kind of fired up everybody's. Uh, um, by the way, when he said when you lose your virginity, that was the most confusing part to all these DC fans. Like, I don't know what he means by that specifically. I don't know what that terminology implies. Uh, what does he mean? Craig, tell me really quick what, what is a no, original like, plan. Well, it was something about Darkseid and killing Lois, and I don't know, John. I oh, hope you read oh, no, it. I did. I did yeah, read this yeah. where he talks about how it would have been like a much more darker film leading up to that like nightmare. Yeah, I did yeah. read about that. Um, listen, <laughs> listen, let's, so kind of like what John was just saying, like, so Zack Snyder was perfect for, for Watchmen. He did a very great job at Watchmen, but the problem is that he wants everything to be as dark and gritty as Watchmen, like Watchmen, the source material, that's how it is. And that's why, and he, uh, it's pretty clear that like, that's what he gravitates towards. That's what he likes doing it's just that he's trying to do that to like superman <laughs> which makes no sense and like part of me part of me thinks like you know what i can kind of see some of his frustrations with like constantly being told batman doesn't kill people like i'm sure that's annoying to him you know sure. to constantly have to be defending like he was given the job that was what he wanted to do whatever I'm sure that's annoying, but also maybe he shouldn't have been given that job. Like maybe. Yeah. No, like, dude. <laughs> like I, I can't sit here and say like in the original Batman films, there, there's gotta be, I know like Batman's thing is like, he doesn't kill, but like some of the ways he gets rid of henchmen in those original films yeah. definitely has well, to kill people. Like quick, some of those people are dead. 
I was just going to say real quick, I think one of the reasons people latch on to the don't kill thing so much is because, at least for me, that's a big part of the story in uh, the Christopher Nolan movies, right? Yeah. So I can't. He literally say- says to Catwoman in the third one, no guns, no killing. Right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the speech John Connor gives to Terminator. And uh, Terminator's like, why? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I, but John, maybe you can fill me in a little bit. In the comics, is it always been a thing in the comics that Batman doesn't kill? So early on in the comics, and I'm talking literally like the first issue he was in, they were just kind of like they had the broad strokes of like, this is who Batman is. And he did, don't quote me, I don't remember exactly for how many issues. It's very, very few. We're talking like less than 10, probably less than five, maybe even just the first one or two, he carried a gun. But that was, I mean, like the same way you can look at the very, very earliest versions of Superman. And it talks about how his rocket landed on earth and then he got put into an orphanage and then adopted by some random people. Yeah. It's It's like, that doesn't count. Yeah. So once they hammered in the like, Hey, Superman landed in Kansas. He was adopted by the Kents raised in Smallville. And he had like a firm backstory the same way Batman, it was hammered in like, you know, his parents were killed as a kid. He vowed to, you know, go after criminals because they're a cowardly and superstitious lot. And he was going to use the image of a bat to scare them. Like those things have been in place. You might as well, like the same way you can argue, yeah, but there were only three original Ghostbusters and then Winston. Yeah, whatever. It's been long enough that we Mm -hmm. can just say there are four Ghostbusters. There have always been four Ghostbusters. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. And so... Right when you started talking about Ghostbusters, I realized how much I care about that so much more than any of these. <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> yeah, my interest peaked. But yeah, it's what sucks is uh, I, guys, I I, think, I've got a lot of thoughts. I think one of the bigger problems here is like with, with his quotes where he's talking about how like. <laughs> I don't I don't have what he said like right in front of me, but um That's okay, we make shit up. He said he's you know, he's talking about how like it's a well Batman it's a it's a fantasy world, whatever, like yeah. you know, people are gonna I die or what I'm like, hey, listen, it is a fantasy world yeah. and that's why it's okay. That's why it's okay that he doesn't kill people because it's a fucking mm-hmm. super yeah. like he says- can't, it can't all be treated like it's fucking real life because it's not real life. Stories exist. He's directing yeah. a movie with like the fucking character Aquaman exists, you know, yeah. like, come on. There's so back in 1978 when when uh, what's his name? The dude that directed the Christopher Reeves, Richard Donner, his big word that he used to throw around on set was verisimilitude. And his point behind that was you have to make the story real unto itself. Of course, Superman's not real. Of course, Batman's not real. Of course, the Flash isn't real. But accepting that this is a world where that character is real, you have to make everything else about that world feel real for that character. And that is something that Christopher Nolan pointed out when he made his films. It's even true to a degree with the Tim Burton movies, because as outlandish and as crazy as those designs are and that that world is – for a Tim Burton movie and for the vision he had, you watch through that movie and you don't blink at any moment going like, oh, that's not right or that's not real because it fits for the vision that he had and for the world he created for that character. Now, I think what's difficult to swallow about the Zack Snyder films is that he there's nothing about his style that demands that we accept certain levels of 
darkness. Like with Tim Burton, you're like, oh, this is creepy. This is a little over the top. Batman can be pretty aggressive. And the second one, and I don't know if you guys would agree with me on this. I think for the first film, his first Batman movie, it felt like a Batman movie through the lens of Tim Burton. Mm -hmm. The second one, Batman Returns, felt more like a Tim Burton movie starring Batman. Oh, yeah. Batman Returns feels like Dumbo without Batman. Whoa! (laughs) But that's what Dumbo feels like. That's what I meant. Dumbo feels like Batman Returns without Batman. God damn it! (laughs) No, I totally agree with you, John. I've said that before while watching it. I 100% agree. But Abby, what do you think? Abby, real quick. Mm -hmm. You like the Dark Knight films? Yeah. I mean, what what is your take just in general? It's been a while. Yeah. Man of Steel? Yeah. uh, (laughs) <laughs> We're not doing the Man of Steel podcast. No, but Justice League, <laughs> Batman vs Superman. Do you? I mean, what, like, what is your takeaway of those films? Without, without, because I feel like what Zack Snyder's trying to do is like kind of a retcon, where he's like, if I would have gotten my way, you guys would have gotten the Justice League movie. You know, you wanted to see, and I feel yeah. like no, like I don't know. I don't even know what I'm asking. I just wanted to say hi. Abby, Abby, yeah. say your thing, and then I have a lot of thoughts. Too. I don't know if I necessarily have a thing other than I enjoyed Christopher Nolan's uh, Batman trilogy like much more, and I think that there's like levels of of darkness to it um, that keep it real and grounded. Um, but I think that having Batman not kill people makes you admire him. It's something. Um, it's an obvious positive, but it also makes it more challenging to be him. And I think that that's kind of one of the draws to Batman in general as a character is like his ingenuity and like the ways that he like creates things and like gets out of stuff with his little inventions and cool shit. So I mean, honestly, I I just. I think that Zack Snyder is is being like way too dark in uh, He's like, like Woodstock '99 about this. Land. Yeah. Well, and the thing that's I mean, like Todd McFarlane when he did Spider Man, it was great. Like he threw some dark things into it when he did the Spider Man comic, but it was like he knew like this is Spider Man. Spider Man needs to be done in a certain way. It was the Todd McFarlane twist on it, but it was still really good. But then like he knows when he's doing Spawn or whatever, he can go real dark. And that's fine because that's the character that Spawn is like Todd McFarlane is like a better Zack Snyder because Zack Snyder is just like I have one way of thinking and I'm going to put that on everything I make. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, and not everything is like the Christopher. You're right. It's like the Christopher Nolan movies were like one of the thing that was one of the things that was different and that everyone really liked about them is that they were so much more grounded in re- in reality like yeah. they seemed like so yeah it, like when those movies came out and i mean even still like those are like gritty realistic depictions mm-hmm. of all your characters and then it's like Zack snyder is like like y- you would think like when you go when you go from like when you're rebooting something you, you usually want to go in like kind of a different direction mm-hmm. and instead of like what what they should have done and made it like probably super comic booky they fucking said, hey, let's make it even more realistic. You know what? Well, it's my Superman's going to fucking snap next. Yeah, Doesn't that sound stupid like, when you say that? And Superman is going to snap people's necks and that's what he yeah. does. Yeah. And that's what happened. Like, that's what I was saying about, like, 
Richard Donner and Christopher Nolan trying to have that that truth to what they're trying to do. Like, there's a certain level of like, given who the character is, what they're all about, and what their mission is, and the other characters in the film. Like, there's a certain level of like heightened reality where you can accept like this is close enough to the world I recognize is real, mm-hmm. but there are some things that are fudged a little bit to let me believe yes, Superman exists, the Daily yeah. Planet exists, Batman exists, that kind of thing. But it's still close enough that you don't feel like it's some sort of like Tim Burton over the top type of thing. And I think that, that um, Marvel has found that happy medium with all of their films. And I think that the Christopher Nolan films found that too. Like they were true unto themselves. And I think for Zack Snyder, he is like, it's not even about being realistic anymore. We're like, well, if Batman was real, he would snap next. Of course, that's why Batman's not real, but you're here to tell a Batman (laughs) story. And here's what bothers me though, is like whether he wanted to make it realistic or he wanted to make it comic booky or cartoony or anything else like that, regardless of the aesthetic, regardless of the tone, you have to be true to who the character is. And the thing that I think to some degree, Tim Burton had it, but he also balanced it a lot with his own personal style and flair. And Christopher Nolan, you know, he has his own style and flair, but he also leans a lot heavier into, I mean, even Inception, like people traveling inside of other people's dreams three levels deep. But he did it in a way that was like, no, I'm into this. I buy this. But mm-hmm. he get like all of those people felt what the core of Batman was and either stuck really close to it or changed it just enough to fit who they were as a filmmaker. And the core of Batman is something, the core of any DC character outside of Watchmen, I I don't think Zack Snyder gets it because his mindset is very like, it's not just realistic. It's like showing, it's like deconstructing and proving to people these heroes like the thought behind these heroes is nice, but I'm going to show you what it would really be like, because he's not like, I always say like man of steel talked the talk, but it couldn't walk the walk. Cause you have all these scenes where like Superman's talking about like, it's not an S on my world. It stands for hope and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And that's a great line and a great moment. It does not fit with the movie that has been built around it. There are yeah. certain things about Superman, even the parts where he was like, I don't know who I am. I'm just kind of working as a bartender trying to figure out who I am in this life. That's great. But like up to a point, like once he starts realizing I'm from Krypton, but I was raised in Kansas. Like I have all the blanks filled in. That's when you need to start to feel that change of like his, he knows who he is and who he wants to be. And then we just get Superman and him becoming a better and better Superman. And it was, it's just really frustrating. Cause like the core of Batman is that like the whole story is about fear. The scariest thing Bruce Wayne experiences in his entire life was the night that his parents got shot. This nameless, you know, in the Tim Burton movies, it was a joke, but in the comics and the Nolan films, it's just this nameless guy that comes out of the night, you know, pops a cap in his parents and then slinks back into the night. And Bruce is just like, what the hell just happened? And it's almost like Gotham itself just like decided the Waynes, you're out of the picture now. And so, like, the whole city, like, everybody that lives in it that isn't a villain, it's keeping everyone who lives there scared. And then, like, you have people who, like, the criminals and the villains who have decided, hey, I am going to also become scary so I can survive. Everybody is giving into this fear that is dictating how they live their lives. And that night, Bruce decided, I am going to be better than that. And he spent the rest of his life trying to figure out 
a different way and trying to figure out why criminals are the way they are, why things are so scary, why people do this. And it's because they give in to fear. No, and John, every night, it's because of Martha. <laughs> Sorry. And Martha. But every night that they every night that he puts on that suit and he goes out and he faces the Riddler or the Joker or the Penguin or whoever, like he is deciding to face this person who has given into this fear and is willing to kill because in the scariest moments, the easiest thing to do is to kill someone and get yeah. rid of that fear. Bruce walks up to that edge and says, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, he takes the I high road. I'm not going to be the thing that took my parents away. Yeah. Like all of these villains, oh like the villains John's in Batman. Cry. So, John, you're getting emotional. I'm, I'm, gonna, cry. I'm crying. So like well-written, like they are crafted to test very specific aspects of Bruce and the things that he fears. And like Harvey is a very warped version of like Batman wants absolute justice. What if he gave into that and wanted that black and white, like I'm going to flip a coin and kill all the bad guys. That's, that's two face. What if he just like gave into the idea that chaos and, and, and bad stuff is, is random and you can't like, that's the Joker. You know, the Riddler is the part of Bruce that wants to be the smartest guy in the room and wants everybody like they're all warped versions of the darkest parts of himself. And every night Batman puts on that suit and goes out there and faces him. He's not only bringing justice to Gotham, but he's also challenging himself and who he is as a person inside. Yeah. And so for him to go out every night and say, I'm not going to kill these things. I'm not going to kill these people. I'm going to stop them. I'm going to make sure that they don't hurt anybody else. But I know that the reason they are acting the way they're acting deep down inside is because they're scared too. And they don't know a better way. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm not going to do that. And that. Yeah. But what the- if like, but, but, but what if, but what if that man just like, what if he just like killed a guy? It'd be cool. <laughs> right. Dude, but you'd be so that's sweet. literally that, that is literally Zack Snyder's yeah. whole thought process. Yes. Yeah, but it'd be cooler. But it'd be much. It'd be he'd be like a badass if he just like like killed. Well, here's the, here's <laughs> the other thing. Here's the other thing too, and why all of his like this is what my Justice League would have been about, and this would have been like this, and all. This is why none of that would have worked. The reason that those kinds of stories work in the comics and when they've done them on TV shows and other stuff like that, and the reason stuff like Civil War and Infinity War work for Marvel is because there's a status quo. You know who these heroes are supposed to be on a day-to-day basis. You know what the status quo looks like when they're just living their lives and stopping small crimes here and there, and for the most part, everything's under – like, you know what a day in the life of the DC universe or the Marvel universe or the whatever universe looks like. You know what it's supposed to be. So – when things get really, really bad and you have a scenario like the stuff that happens in the Injustice video game where someone dies and suddenly Superman has gone off the rails and Batman doesn't know what to do and everybody's in turmoil, you play through a video game like Injustice knowing like, yeah, maybe it's cool to watch them fight or whatever, but your driving force for wanting to play through that game is hoping and praying that when you play through it, you found some way to bring that universe back to normal. When the flash goes through flashpoint in the comics and even in the TV series and the animated movie, you know, he did that because he wanted to save his mom. And then he sees when he changes the timeline like that, he realizes how bad he screwed up. And you know, he's stuck in that tight spot of like, if I fix reality, that means I can't have my mom anymore. Mm -hmm. And that sucks. And you feel for Barry. And then when, everything changes from him running too fast and running back and forth like you know what it's supposed to be like so when things are in chaos and in disorder and going really wrong you feel that tension of like we have to fix this Mm -hmm. in the dc movies especially the Zack snyder directed ones 
you get none. There is no status quo. There's no there's no like this is what Superman is always like. This is what the Flash is. You get none of that. Is Zack Snyder a villain? A, he's, <laughs> I think yes. he is. He John, immediately John, 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 justice. It's sorry, Flash John. Man. It's this. It's that. And it's like I don't care about any of this because I don't know this world in these characters. We need to give John his own podcast. Yeah, John. As soon as you start talking about uh, you start talking about Flashpoint, Craig and Abby are like, we have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I was like, that, yeah. was that like go, PowerPoint? Go watch yeah. the anime movie go uh, watch the animated movie okay. it bumps me out that john never tells me what he really feels yeah john um, <laughs> no, dude, we I, have you on th- and... that's why to, in all honesty i wanted you have you on because of this because i consider you uh uh very knowledgeable about the, this specific like aspect of the history of the comics and uh we appreciate it man because like dude it's all about being passionate about this stuff and i completely agree with you that um what we there's no breathing room in the deep mm-hmm. like the early DC movies right they went from Man of Steel bam Batman vs Superman everybody wants to see that and it was like no I want to see a Batman that I know and a Superman yeah. that I know mm-hmm. not and a Superman that like, I just met and just ben you're Affleck. changing them at their yeah, core a Superman like, that spent. 85% of the first film basically saying, I have no idea who I am. And then by the end of it, he's literally telling, you know, that general that he was working with, like, I know you don't trust me and we just met. We're going to have to work it out. But he just, like, knocked one of his drones out of the sky. And then, like, we meet Batman. And I think a lot of people, another reason that people have been upset is, like, we want to know that, like, I mean, if you've seen the Tim Burton Batman movies and you've seen the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, they're very different movies, but there's still a lot of the core aspects of who Batman is that you're like, yeah, this is kind of universal. I mean, as much as people hate, you know, Batman and Robin, there are still like core aspects of Bruce Wayne and Batman that you're like, okay, I get it. Like I can piece together. This is who Batman is supposed to be. But then you get to the Zack Snyder films and you're just (laughs) like, I don't like Bruce Wayne. Like this version of Bruce Wayne is clearly someone who has gone through a lot, but we never see him before he went through that. Like there are no Uh flashbacks. There's no nothing. We immediately meet him as this grumpy old dude who apparently the Joker killed one of his partners and he's upset. And instead of like showing us how he deals with that grief and that anger, we immediately are just thrust into he's angry and that's what makes him cool. And it's just like, I'm going to beat up this guy that you just spent two hours watching save the city. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, but like, I don't care. Like, let me care about these characters enough so that when they do meet, like, there's n- there's no reason. Like, everybody knows, at least at that point in time when Batman versus Superman was announced, everybody knows they're trying to build a universe. Everybody knows they're trying to, you know, catch up to Marvel and have all their heroes together. You know it's building toward a Justice League, whether that happens sooner or later. Why on earth would you build your first big team-up movie as a versus movie and try to make it like that is the main point of the movie and just build this dark pessimism? I mean, it's because you're Zack Snyder. But, like, mm-hmm. if you're no, thinking that's, about... that's hey, a great point because... Bigger. Like, look at Civil War. Like, I personally think that Civil War is a hard movie for me to even buy into at all because you never... And, Jake, we've talked about this, Abby. Uh, the stakes never feel that real. But... Sure. Mm-hmm. That's what the 11th movie in the Marvel series, yeah. the 12th movie. And the nice, the nice thing is you've spent that whole time defining who Captain America is, who Tony Stark is. So when they have that like ideological difference between them, you're like, 
like you feel it and you understand like neither one of them is going to budge and they each have very like big reasons for thinking the way they do and you know Mm -hmm. that neither one of them is going to kill each other when they're fighting at the airport and even scarlet witch points that out like she just joined and she's like are we gonna like actually fight each other are we gonna keep like just poking each other and be like haha i took you down no you took me down this yeah the funny thing about batman and superman in these movies it's like no they'll both kill and like they both assume that the other one won't kill and that's what teams them up they're like well do you kill? Yeah. yeah, I kill. You kill? Fuck yeah, I kill. Martha? Oh, sweet. Yeah. What's your mom's name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, Do we just become best friends? Because I think, I think one of the great things about Civil War is that, like, yeah, the like the airport fight was cool in a superficial way because you're like, oh, we introduced Spider-Man. We get to see them kind of go toe-to-toe, and it's kind of like looking at the stats and being like, who's more powerful than who? You know no one's going to really get hurt. Like, when Rhodey gets hurt, you're like, oh. Oh, I don't think that was supposed to happen. I think it was supposed to be like, okay, I'm tired. Can we just like you win, whatever in their minds. But then when Rhodey gets hurt, it makes it real. And then you get to the real conflict because you've got, you find out that Bucky was the one that killed Tony's parents. And Mm -hmm. that is the big fight of the movie because it brings the, the ideological differences between Captain America and Tony Stark and where their allegiances lie to just this like car crash moment of like, no, these trains are going to hit each other and you cannot stop that anymore. And that's when you just, that's why every punch in that fight, you feel it because when, you know, when they're talking about, like, I thought, you know, he's my friend. He's like, I thought I was your friend. Like that has weight to it, but there's none of that in the DC universe. Mm -mm. And that's the problem with aliens these days. (laughs) 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 Um, Well, listen, John, we, we very much appreciate your insight. We will, uh, uh, <laughs> there was that J.K. Simmons interview the other day, and he was talking about how he's still contracted for two more Justice League movies. And on the cross rip, Troy was like, uh, don't think that's happening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, that was, oh, God, hit, like, so much wasted potential. Like, yeah, because he's casting great. someone like J.K. Simmons, even if they weren't, like, even if they didn't know if they were going to get more, more movies, they had him in the actual Justice League movie for, like, five minutes. And then right. if you looked on his Twitter in the lead-up, he's talking about, like, getting ripped for Jim Gordon, and he's, like, putting on all this muscle. I'm like, don't you just wear, like, a suit and a trench coat and wait on rooftops? And, like, what is the point of all of this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the DC Universe. We uh, uh, Shazam is getting very good reviews. And, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's great. And then we'll have, uh, and, and then Matt Reeves is going to be doing his uh, his Batman trilogy, uh, hopefully. And then yeah. James Gunn's doing a Suicide Squad reboot. So basically, the DC universe is completely organized and structured, and I know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, at the very Feeling least, good. you can say it can only go up now. <laughs> yeah. I've said that. Every, I think we've found the bottom. Every DC movie I walk out of, I go, well, they can only go up. <laughs> um, and then they fall. Uh, okay, John, dude, we appreciate it. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll we'll circle back to this the next time Zack Snyder opens his mouth. Cool. Yeah, sounds good, dude. <laughs> sounds good, man. All right, bye. Later. All right, talk to you guys later. Goodbye, John. Bye. Goodbye, John. Goodbye, John. Goodbye. Farewell. <laughs> Is this a fake hangout? It's a fake Was hangout. He's still there. Dude. Wait, was I supposed to hang up? All right. Well, thank you, John Yurkeva. Um, He's got some opinions, man. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's like his opinion, man. He also like knows it. a lot more about that stuff than I do. So I'm like, yeah, I'll take a break. Talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 
So what do you guys think about Zack Snyder? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> let's, um, real quick, I wanted to mention this because it's kind of, because um, I put it on the rundown. Uh, it's completely off topic of any of this stuff, but did you guys read that Keanu Reeves stuff? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I liked it. So basically, there was a, he was on a flight. I, I'm guessing it was a smaller plane. It was between San Francisco and Los Angeles. Uh, the flight, so there was some engine problem, which is scary. Mm-hmm. My my immediate thought was like, did we almost just lose Keanu Reeves right before Bill and Ted 3 starts filming? Oh, wow. I was oh my God. Um, so anyways. Uh, Don't even say that. The plane, I would put money towards preserving Keanu Reeves' life. like in <laughs> Just in general? Yeah, just until that movie's made. Dude, I'm going to start a GoFundMe called Put Keanu Reeves on Ice. <laughs> uh, so the plane makes an emergency landing. They're in the middle of nowhere. So they rent a van and Keanu Reeves and like six passengers from the plane go on like a two hour road trip together to get to their destination. And this Mm -hmm. one guy in the van like puts Instagram stories up the whole time. And at one point, Keanu Reeves is just like on the Bakersfield, California Wikipedia page (laughs) reading facts. Yeah, just yeah it's like the best trying to keep everybody like in a good mood yeah and at one point he's at the airport like what we could do is we could wait on the (laughs) luggage and deal with customer service or we could rent a van like it's like the greatest movie that i i i was so jealous of these people yeah me too yeah for as much as i hate like the you know inconvenience of having to deal with stuff like that i would have i'm so jealous of all of them there's one girl she put up a picture with him on twitter she's like almost died in a plane crash today keanu was on the flight and she's just like smiling (laughs) (laughs) Um, my absolute favorite part is i guess they went to a gas station and you can hear keanu recounting what he got he's like he's like i got a gatorade i got a banana i got a water Oh my yeah. god, Keanu Reeves likes Gatorade bananas, just like no. a regular person. The best part is when he walks into the Carl's Jr. by himself at the end of the, uh, uh, <laughs> the whole thing. And, and the story, it says it, it's been a long day for all of us, and it's just Keanu Reeves walking into fucking Carl's Jr. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, I just got in trouble for hitting the table. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. Ding! Ding! That's, yeah, I know I'm hitting the table because I loved watching that so much. I'm having like a Keanu Reeves renaissance in my life currently. Um, I watched, I want to watch The Matrix on VHS. I don't have it. Craig has it at his office, so I've got to see that. Um, I just watched. Office. Yeah, at his office. Um, no living room. Don't give away my life. No, at, at my work desk, I have a VHS copy of The Matrix on my desk because everybody walks by and goes, why do you have that? And I just go, in case. I just in case. <laughs> Case, an no, I watched Point Break yesterday though, and I'm just like I'm I'm into Keanu Reeves again, and this just made me like him even more. Yeah, it was great. It, it's now you've heard over the years Keanu Reeves is like a legit good dude, and he's like always willing to like talk to fans and take pictures, and just like he just seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also those stories that he gets on his motorcycle and turns the lights off and goes like 200 miles an hour through the mountains. What? Um, so don't do that. Keep Keanu on ice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you're ever on a plane with Keanu Reeves and something happens, he'll definitely help you out, which is amazing. Very cool. Um, I would have literally, God, he would have been so bummed if I was in the van with him because I would just be like, yo, let's talk about Bill and Ted 3 the entire ride. <laughs> yeah, you would just want to be like, how could you not? It's like, you know, none of the people in that van, like they knew it was Keanu Reeves, but you, they're not like, like, 
<laughs> they're not like talking to him about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you don't want to like be that kind of person who's just bringing up, yeah. you know, movies with him. But if you're stuck in a van Dude. for two hours, but you're what's... going to talk at like, it's like if, if, if like one of us was stuck in a van with two hours of Kennedy's like, it's going to get to a point where we're like talking about yeah. movies. I'm going to or... be like, Keanu, what's so what's it like inside the Matrix? Because that was was that flip phone like, you know? What was it like? Well, how was that, that? That Nokia. Yeah. Hey, this would be me. I'd be like, hey, can I? You know, I don't want to bother you, but can I ask you a question? He'd be like, sure. Then I'd pull out my phone and hit the record button. So we're in a van. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Like, Fancast. I'm like, pop quiz, hot shot. Uh, <laughs> Speak into the microphone, Squid Brain. <sighs> that would be great. So yeah, congratulations to all those people that got to hang out with Keanu Reeves. Um, last thing before we get into um, Captain Marvel and us. Great, my phone just died, so I'm going to have to wing it. Uh, just before we started recording, there was an announcement from Wizard World. Uh, they released new ticket packages for Ghostbusters Fan Fest. We've been talking about it a lot. We'll all be going. There is now a standalone general admission ticket for Saturday only that is $150 for the one-day pass. It doesn't seem it doesn't come with anything. It doesn't come with the exclusives, the DVDs, the tote bags, the collectibles, but it does get you in for $150. And uh, there's also a single uh, screening pass for $60 for the Friday night show. Uh, and then there's like kind of traditional ticket packages for Upgrading for autographs, um, photo ops, things like that. So if anybody's planning on going to FanFest, if you're on the fence because of financial situation, whatever like that, uh, check it out. There's there's new options. Uh, I've seen some back and forth. Some people seem happy about it. Some people seem no, we're gonna come. Hey, we're going to complain about it. Yeah. yeah, Jake. We've we have. This I'm going to be real. We have complained to the point where we are making Wizard World make cheaper tickets, but we're probably going to keep complaining about it. Mm-hmm. Jake, why are you mad about this cheaper ticket? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I just. I, I'm not mad about the cheaper ticket. I just. Uh, you know, like it. Uh, it, it gets really tiring just seeing everybody complain about everything, and and the news that the cheaper ticket. Has been. Is this okay? Can I talk? Can I say this? It's say okay, it. like the news that there's been a cheaper ticket has been up less than an hour, and we're complaining about it. We're complaining that the tickets are too much, and now we're complaining that there's cheaper tickets. Just buy a fucking ticket and you go won't. to mm-hmm. Fan Fest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today's episode. <laughs> It's brought to you by Go to Fan Fest. Today's episode of Yes Half Sub is brought to you by Go to Fan Fest. No, but it's true. Buy a cheaper ticket. It's like all the people in high school that make fun of the dance, but they just want to go. Like, just go. No, We're go all going to be there. Dance, bro. That's lame. No, get a ticket. I want everybody to be there. I, I want you to go. Just go. Yeah, just me stop. too. I'm me Here's personally. So- I'm excited about the $150 tier because that means that more people will be there, and I like people. Look at most it's of them. It's still going to be, it's still like, there. there's a number on this. They're not going to just let. They're, that's funny that you say that. Um, there's, so these rumors kind of started a couple days ago by some people uh, that we know. And they weren't really, they turned out not to be rumors. We were told a couple days ago, hey, there's going to be a $150 option. So that came true. Uh, so that's good. But 
the number that I've seen floated around for total capacity is 2,500, which if you've been to a convention, that's not that many people. It's a lot, yeah, but it's not that many. Mm-hmm. So they've been selling the VIP tickets and everything else. They want to have people there. $500 for general admission is a lot of money to anybody. So if 150 or with the Friday and Saturday, a little over 200 bucks is more in, in line for you, check it out. Go. Go to FanFest. It, it's not going to happen again. We've talked about it. And if you can afford it, the, the thing that... Do I vent? Should, gosh, should I vent? You should vent. What? That's what I just did. Yeah. It feels good. Do I it. I saw a couple... There's, there, okay. There are groups of people who had already purchased uh, airline tickets to go out west. And once they saw the prices, they decided they weren't going to be able to afford it. There are people that I saw posting today that will still be trapped. People from the Ghostbusters fan community. Not people that I really know, but people. Mm-hmm. That are still going out west, who are like LOL hard pass. Already made other plans. If you're a Ghostbusters fan, cool. Who you're hold cool. on? If you dress up in a flight suit, if you collect these toys, what are your other plans during Fan Fest? If you're going to be in Southern California and you could feasibly afford it, mm-hmm. what are you going to be doing? Being bitter? Be- like I don't get it. Yeah. Like, if it's a money thing, I get it. Money is money. If you don't have the money to do it, if you can't swing it, I totally get it. That makes sense. But if you're taking a stance against it, like, from some, like, ethical point of view, like, these are, like, the people who, like, sit on their phones and their computers at Starbucks and complain about... Trolls. You're talking about trolls. the people who are, like, complain about uh, capitalism. Like, like... You know, it's like you're at a fucking Starbucks. Wizard is a company. Sony is a company. Ghostbusters is a property. Mm-hmm. It is not something that you own. It doesn't owe you anything. Mm-hmm. So if you can do it, you should probably go because it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did it, guys. I talked about capitalism. I liked it. I talked about Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. Today's episode will not be brought to you by Starbucks. No. No. Um. Or don't go. I don't really care. I'm going. I'm going to have fun. <laughs> I want as many exactly. people as possible to go. Hey, like, I want exactly. Hey, 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 we got those class, Just stop we, complaining about hey, it. Hey, when you yeah. got those class 10 uh, passes with the uh, VIP priority seating. I want it to mean something. <laughs> I, want it, I want there to be other people that are in that. I want to look that. behind me and go, ha ha, <laughs> class 10. I'm Good thing we got this. It's a joke. God, people take me way too Please seriously. justify my spending $1,500 to go to this, yeah, you know? Yeah, I want to be in my class. Our, our, iTunes, our <laughs> iTunes ratings are going down as we speak. Down, down, like, down, down. Like, it's like, you're like, we're, we're in class 10, VIP priority <laughs> seating, but to fill it out, like, all the general admissions, like, sitting next to us. <laughs> I've been to a convention where something like that room? happened. Really? Jaws Fest? Joss Fest. Oh, yeah. Joss Fest. Woohoo. Hey, I was one of those people who didn't pay for the VIP. (laughs) Dude, hey, if you didn't get VIP and you get some VIP treatment, more power to you. Yeah. That's why you should go. Get that. Yeah, it's all about. Okay, I've never sat in first class, but every time I've ever gotten to a plane, like on a plane, I get that thought, like, what if they just put me there and they're like, don't tell anybody, but you can sit up here. It's never happened. I like that shirt. (laughs) 
Yeah, it doesn't. I've been in first class. It's cool, but what's it like? It's neat. I remember I got, a, I got a blanket. Do they give you a signed DVD from the pilot? I think, yeah, I had breakfast I with think, Dan Aykroyd. I think you can get a blanket not in first class. You just got to ask for it. You know what, Jake? I kept that blanket. Dude, what if you asked for a blanket and they brought you Michael Jackson's son? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be an interesting plane ride. Well, one of these? Do we get these? Yoo-hoo. Okay. Okay. So go to FanFest, but please, just Ghostbusters fans, I'm going to say this right now. It's the 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters. We're getting a Ghostbusters convention on the Sony lot. They are ramping up production on Ghostbusters 3. It starts filming in June. I feel like Craig is like the dad on vacation that has to take the kids outside of the park and yell at them and tell them how grateful they need to be. Yeah. yeah. At Disney World. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Eat your ice cream. I think I've had to give that speech to both of you. <laughs> At Disney probably. World. Uh, yeah, probably. probably. Me, yes. Hey, you bunch of grumpy hey, cusses. You're at Hogwarts. So be it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're having fun. We're having fun. I think. You guys ready to move on to these main topics now that we're 10 hours into the podcast? Yeah. Now that, now that we're done yelling at our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a passionate man. Sure. Hey, our listeners are going to FanFest. Or if they're not going, they've got good reasons. Not spite. <laughs> right. Yeah. My parents are moving to Florida. <laughs> despite your parents. Despite my parents. <laughs> hey, let's talk about Captain Marvel real quick. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get cool, it Cool, man. Cool. By the way, this is totally answer the call territory. Six six months from now, we're gonna be like, guys, FanFest sucks. sucks. <laughs> Shouldn't have gone. Um, Jake, yeah. you saw Captain Marvel. I did. We haven't talked. Let's. We don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but we we wanted to hear what you thought. Okay. You want me to start? Yeah. You're um, the feminist. <laughs> you're the you're, you're the leading lady uh, on the like, podcast. I liked Captain Marvel. I, I think it was I think it was pretty good. It was fun, but it's not. Marvel has like they have like uh, three distinct kinds of movies at this point. There are the standouts. There are a few that are like above the rest that you can take out of the the continuity of the other fucking 15 movies and be like this is a good movie what would you say real quick i think it'd be fun for all of us to name like our what what would you say is your top tier marvel mc i think like i think like thor 3 i think like uh probably the first avengers um like uh captain america um not civil war but uh winter soldier Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. uh, like Gar- the first Guardians of the Galaxy, like those yeah. movies, I think are, I, I would say like the first Iron Man, like those are more like, these are the fu- like they're important ones, you know what I mean? Where it, they're not just like everything else, and then yeah. you get a tier, you get a tier that's kind of in the middle that are all still good movies. But they're like ultimately like origin stories or they're mm-hmm. filler or we have to hurry up and introduce this character. They're all kind of middle of the road. Nothing you can like take things out of one and put them in another and they're the they're kind of the same movie. But do you mean more like and, middle of the road for the MCU kind of thing? 
Yeah, yeah, for MCU, not not. I mean, like it'd yeah, be outstanding not like, for DC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then you got like maybe a, a third tier that's like maybe a couple didn't just they weren't the best. We, we you know? call that tier the Dark World. Huh. <laughs> I I call it the Iron Man too. Um, <laughs> but but uh, but I think I think Captain Marvel is in the middle. I, it's good. It's like a fun, you know it. It's like a fun origin story. We get some cool stuff with like uh, some characters we haven't seen in a while. We get a lot of cool 90s songs. Yeah. But like ultimately, it's just a way for us to get Captain Amer- or Captain Marvel into the Avengers, mm-hmm. which seems like when you get that little clip at the end where she's like just showing up, there's such a tonal, even though that clip is like, I don't know, a minute and a half long. Mm-hmm. It feels so much more important than everything you just watched. Yeah. I so that. that's a good. It's not, that's a good. But analogy. it's not bad. It's not. Yeah. It's not bad at all. It's just like it's me, laying it's, the groundwork for like something it, much more to come. Yeah. It's like okay, let's bring on something a little heavier. Yeah. Abigail. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to say that I agree with Jake in that it it follows that like origin story formula where. He could say that, like, the villains and origin stories are, it's not like they're pointless or, like, superfluous, but, like, you know they're going to be defeated by the end of it. Um, and I'm not going to act like I know everything about, like, the Kree skull scroll. Is that it? Roar or whatever? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, or the Tesseract. Like, I don't know all the details, but I know that when I was watching this movie, I laughed. I felt empowered. I loved the soundtrack. And I found Brie Larson's performance to be, like, just very enjoyable on screen. Um, I like the chemistry with her, and um, I'm not sure the name of her friend. I wish I knew. I could look at the cast real quick. Goose. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, yes, I did love Goose, and I think that Goose and the Flurkin and all that ended up being some of my favorite stuff. I loved seeing the um, blockbuster come to life, and um, I just I, I thought it was a really enjoyable movie, but it doesn't have anything in it that, like, really, like, that felt earth shattering or groundbreaking necessarily. I think I probably got more out of watching Brie Larson training for this movie. And I'm looking forward to seeing her interact in Endgame more than anything I actually got out of the movie itself. It's not like I was let down or anything. It's just, it's still a Marvel movie that has right. to follow a certain, like, I think guardians of the galaxy was a movie that knocked me on my ass and like made me like, it changed my life literally and made me want to start podcasting because I became obsessed with it and it, and it like opened up in wonderful ways Fuck. in my life. Guardians of the galaxy made you want to start podcasting and justice like maybe want to stop. Podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> like legitimately. Yes. It's like, is it over yet? Yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, real quick thing. When she's in that blockbuster, I spotted a Ghostbusters VHS. Nice. And I like pulled my phone out and I was like, "Ooh, I need to try to get a picture of it." They never showed it again. <laughs> Dude, that's cool. That is great. Sorry. Um, no, I like that you did that. Um, yeah, I liked. I, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, and I'm I'm still looking. I'm looking for and that scene that you see at the end of the end game trailer. Like that's. Very, very exciting. And I know that everyone's mentioned it, but seeing uh, Valkyrie and Captain Marvel interact would be very cool because I love Tessa Thompson. And that's just that is just it's going to be a good movie. I'm excited about that. Yeah, uh, I really liked Captain Marvel a lot. I don't know. It's so hard at this point to rank these movies. I mean, I do agree. Top tiers like first Avengers, um, 
first Iron Man, first Guardians. Guardians yeah. I actually consider Infinity War top tier. I've watched it like four times and I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, I would too, yeah. But the, the thing with Infinity War is like you, I wonder, like you, there's, you need to have all that backstory to have that emotional impact. Um, yeah, for sure. But anyways, uh, I, I thought Samuel Jackson was great in Captain Marvel. Uh, I thought, was, I, I was like, man, I want to see more like young Nick Fury. Like, I thought he was so funny. Mm-hmm. He was Samuel L. Jackson. All the interactioning... Interactioning. Here's a new word. God <laughs> damn it. Oh, that's I'm gonna excited. Be me. Here comes me. I'm interactioning. Yes, have some. Brought to you by... <laughs> interactioning. <laughs> the new superpower from Nick Fury. Dude. I almost called him Nick Shield. I like that part of... <laughs> <laughs> Fake facts. Brought to you by Yes, Have Some Podcast. I like it. Nick Shield. I like that part of Yes Have Some Podcast now where we like introduce fake words too. So Nick, wow. Nick Shield and Pike Hightower on the same uh, team. Oh shit. I love the Tesseract. Anytime I see a Tesseract, all I hear in my head is Chris Hemsworth. Oh, the Tesseract. Tesseract. <laughs> Tesseract. Um, but I didn't, uh, you know, they do that switcheroo with like every Marvel movie where they like where the, the good guys are actually bad. Like, I this is something seen, I wanted to talk about. I should have seen it coming, mm-hmm. considering that the fucking uh, Ronin is Cree. Like, is I, was like, I was like, I can't believe he turned on him. I just can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, go ahead. But I liked it, and I thought Ben Mendelsohn was awesome in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he's funny in this movie. Yeah, I thought he... I, and like, I actually cared like for the Skrull, like the, the Skrull family. Like, I, I actually... they I bought into, like... You know the the their people being oppressed, and what I liked also is like, I think that that war between those two uh, races like is such a. I'm glad they didn't try to fit the entire story of that war into this movie. Just like a small piece of it was like kind of part of the story of this movie, but mm-hmm. it's something that they could maybe explore down the road in like a bigger you know, a bigger fashion. Mm-hmm. Something about. Um, that whole thing was a little weird for me because the scrolls are, they are a pretty important part of the Marvel universe. And they were originally supposed to be the race that Loki brings instead of the, the Chitari, but they didn't have the rights to the scrolls at the time because that's, it's a, it, it was included with like all the fantastic four stuff. But a big, big uh, storyline in the comics is something that has been rumored in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a long time, and people thought we were finally going to get it because of the inclusion of the scrolls in Captain Marvel is the storyline called Secret Invasion, where all of the sudden you find out that a lot of the superheroes have been scrolls the whole time and that they have been... Like, you know, your superheroes are locked away somewhere and it turns into this big, like, paranoid thing where you're trying to find out who's a scroll, who's not a scroll, where are the superheroes at? How do we how do we beat this thing? And and now Captain Marvel comes out and we're like, oh, but the scrolls are good guys. <laughs> so I was like, what? What is happening here? Right. I guess like I guess you could still say like, well, this small sect of scrolls we're on the good side, but ultimately the scroll race 
could still be trying to take over Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, how about the first was... time they, they hold up Goose and he, like, backs off and he's scared? That's, like, Yeah, that so was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like, b- because of that whole scroll thing, the entire movie, even when we got to a point where it's clear that the scrolls are, you know, on the, on the good side of things, I was still waiting for it to flip back. You know, I was like, no, well, this is not right. <laughs> but, you, you, uh, should, you should have walked out of the theater and said, refund. Yeah. Give me a refund. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, like what I was happy about is that like before the movie, this is <laughs> getting back to crazy DC people before the movie came out, uh, angry, anti-women, feminine, just kind of the same people who attacked Ghostbusters. Oh, uh, we're talking about this? Well, they tried to review bomb the movie, and, like, they were like, this movie's garbage, Brie Larson is a feminazi, and blah, 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 just all the mm. bullshit. Um, and then the movie made so much money. The, my yeah. favorite thing is, the movie made so much money, and, like, people on Twitter are like, looks like Captain Marvel's bombing. Like, it's like <laughs> you could just ignore wrong. facts at this point. Yeah. Um, hey, Ken, you know what I just thought of? It's like only Marvel can take a plot of. So, like, if you told like Marvel fanboys, hey, we're finally getting the scrolls, you know, 15 years into the or however long it's been into the Marvel universe, we're, we're finally getting the scrolls. But you know what? Actually, the scrolls are good guys, and the main villain is Annette Benning. If you said that, people would be like, what the fuck? That sounds dumb. But Dude, then Marvel what? does it, and you're like, oh, no, that was good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. no, it's funny. That's you know why? You Because know, Marvel fans are soft as fuck. Oh, we bunch of softies. Dude, Annette Bening's great. Like, yeah. you, know what, you know what I loved about Annette Bening in this movie, and the same as, like, Michelle Pfeiffer and Ant-Man? Look at their performances versus Nicole Kidman in Aquaman, who looks like she has no clue how to even act. Yeah. Like, like Dude. Anyways, God, we're gonna get. I, this is a. Is this gonna be a controversial episode? Of yes, probably. Episode? Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This is getting us some two star reviews. Yay! Speaking of, if you are a fan of the podcast and subscribe, make sure that you're heading to iTunes and leaving a five star review. Let us know what you think. As long as you think good things. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about Only us. good thoughts and five okay. stars. Spoiler alert. Us. Us. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, we all saw the movie. We all look forward to the movie. We all love horror films. Modern mm-hmm. horror cinema is back in a big way, baby. Uh, it's just like another new. It's character. late. It's new, late. It's fun. New, new guy. This other, here's my other new character. He talks about movies the way people talk about like I don't know. I mean, you know what? Fuck it. Is he like Austin Powers? Yeah. He's like here's my new character. He's called Doctor Evil. Hmm. I thought this movie was one star. Awesome. Give it two stars, Scott. Oh. Let's let's round table this. Abigail, yeah. scale of one to ten. What'd you think of us? Uh I gave this eight point five out of ten fucks. I really enjoyed us. Um while it was not groundbreaking or earth shattering, I, it was completely enjoyable, and I found it to be spectacularly entertaining. Um, oh, and it's made up a word too. Spectacularly, yeah. It's like it. I'm a fussel, guys. It's late. I'm gonna do Steven? some Lilo and Stitch impressions after this. Um, I really, I, I, I was very much. Um, I enjoyed us. I don't think that it was superior to Get Out. Um, I think that there were. 
a couple things that maybe could have been tweaked or uh, things with the rules of the world that could have been reexamined, which we can get into. But there were so many moments in the movie that I loved and the soundtrack on its own was, and the score was, was brilliant. Um, I, I loved watching this movie. I felt the suspense and the tension and it, it pulled me in very quickly. So yeah, 8.5 out of 10 fucks, not perfect, but very, very solid. Cool. And, uh, Jake, what do you think <laughs> of Is it Jake or Shadow Jake? Sorry, I've been doing that is all that, day. I know, you did it, it last it, night. Is that, a, is that your, uh, uh, what's, is that the dude, is that Sebulba? Or, uh, <laughs> or the guy who owns Anakin? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> not Sebulba, it's the other guy. Um, Fucking Watto? Watto? Watto, yeah. I'm not rating this movie 1 through 10 because I hate doing that, and you know that. Um, Fine, 1 to 14. Um, <laughs> Give it a fuck. Okay, so I I did like I, I feel I feel like I got to start off with a warning. This is gonna sound like I did not like this movie when I get into it, but I did like hey, this movie. Jake, I, our yeah. listeners know that about you. <laughs> they know, yeah. I did like this movie. I do think it's enjoyable. It's very different. There's a lot of weird shit going on, and I like that. It's funny. It is very well acted. I think uh, I think Jordan Peele is. He's very he knows what he's doing. He knows how to write. He's funny. He's like he, he's in the perfect spot. I think I, I like that. We're getting these weird new Twilight Zone esque movies from him. And I and I hope that keeps happening. But saying that, I do not think it's a perfect movie at all. And I did come out of it a little almost a, I don't want to use the word annoyed but I came out of it like kind of like wh- what like there there's a lot of stuff that doesn't quite line up there's a lot of plot holes and it's like I I know there's sometimes you can like let some of that stuff go but like within the own within your own reality of the movie like things don't line up things don't quite make sense there's too many questions uh and like it just left me a little like feeling like it, maybe the script was a little sloppy or or maybe maybe it could have used a couple uh uh drafts before like going into production um but overall it was it was very fun i would go see it again i, I kind of feel like i need to see it again um but yeah, yeah because was- i don't i don't i feel like with this movie that i really enjoyed it i'm probably right right around the same eight out of ten um, and it's not like one of my Craig, like fantastical, like, oh, it was great. And then a year later, I'm like, eh, whatever. Like, I very much enjoyed this movie. I thought it's visually stunning. It's funny in the way that like somebody, I saw somebody complaining today that horror should never, you should never laugh during a horror movie. I'm like, well, that's not uh, true. Fuck yeah, you like, should. There's nothing better than being scared than laughing. Like, oh. Yeah. Um, but so I, I thought the whole cast was great. I thought that. Um, I think that Jordan Peele is a tremendous talent. And I told, right when we saw it, I told you this, Jake, like, if the next 30 years we're getting original Jordan Peele sci-fi and horror movies, uh, that's a good thing. Because it's not The Conjuring, it's not Paranormal Activity, it's not yeah, just like yeah. another just run-of-the-mill Bloom House kind of whatever. Like, it's, it's it, if it's anything, it's original. Um, yeah, I feel like... Yeah. Yeah, there's a way to explore like 
the like there's plot things like that you could easily like pick it apart. You could be like, well, who the fuck made their clothes? Like all the people, like in the in the sewers or whatever. Like mm-hmm. who did this? Who who cooked the rat? Like to me, this movie, I need to suspend my disbelief and just look at it for the story that's being told and not get too caught up with trying to like I don't need answers to all of those questions because it reminds me of Lost in the sense that when you start needing answers to every question, you start getting the answers and they're they're still not very satisfying. Well, but that's that's a problem with the writing then. If it's not satisfying, that's not my fault that it's not satisfying. That's your fault that it's not satisfying for, for not I'm being is, a better writer. And, but I, I don't think like I, I agree with you, but like those aren't the question like where the rabbit's coming from is not what's bothering me. Like there are questions or there are things within the world that don't make sense that seem like maybe they're bigger things. Like, well, like what? The, Tell me. Okay. Well, like the twist is weird to me and it doesn't quite work out. And also like things like, uh, whenever, whenever the, the, what's the kid's name? The son. Uh, I got names here. Hold on. Uh, werewolf boy. Whenever werewolf Jason. boy Jason Wilson. is, Okay. Whenever he, whenever the scene happens where he walks backwards, causing his double to walk into the fire, that is like a rule within the movie that only works when it needs to work. It doesn't. It's not. It's not explained. If they can make the doubles do things whenever, then how come they don't use that any other time in the movie? I don't Stuff think like they that. Know, like I feel like though. Like I feel like that. To reading it, I I agree that that's a little weird, but like. I want to watch it again because I think I don't want to say that that little boy has like special powers, but he almost seems more in tune with what's going on and like is able to kind of figure that out and use it and like weaponizes it before anybody else. That makes else. no sense. I think that makes sense. <laughs> that makes no sense. No, it doesn't. Why does it make sense? Like he's how, got a connection. The, the boy just knows how to use a power. How? Yes, he just knows. No, that's that's fucking. That's you're reaching. I think. Yeah, I'm reaching. I don't care. I like it. It looked, <laughs> it looked cool. It does look cool. It does look cool. But I'm just saying, like, and when something looks cool, gonna, I don't ask gonna, questions. Well, I I understand that that's how mm-hmm. some people are, <laughs> and I wish sometimes I wish I could be a little more like that because I do think this movie is really good, but it bummed me out that when it was over, I wasn't like my first reaction wasn't like man that was fucking refreshing and and fun. That was my secondary. I have to think about this movie for a while. My first reaction was just like. Well, why the fuck if the mom, like if the clone, if if she was uh, like stuck down there the whole time, why, why didn't she just like walk out of the bunker? Like, why is she just down there? She's she's done it for 20 years. She never realizes like, oh, hey, I can walk up a fucking escalator and be out of here. It doesn't like some things just don't line up. Listen, I and watched it annoyed Point me more than it like the other day. I There's watched... some loose ends that may need to be tethered. Have you seen? Oh, I like that. And I understand that, Jake. This is the untethering. Listen, those are some things I thought of. The other, not to keep making, um, you know, pointing out negatives or confusing points, but the doppelgangers, uh, the two friends played by Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker, like they kill their originals. It was the, the red suits show up, they kill the originals, but then they also try to attack the Wilson family when they show up at the house, which like 
that the rule of like who are they all out to kill everyone or why didn't they just go form hands we across talked America about this the other night and I, we need to bring immediately it up. after I think I figured it out there's two here we go if you're a clone if you're an underground clone uh-huh you get an option you get two options right you either have to sign up to go hold hands or you have to go kill your clones and once you kill your clones you then have the option to keep killing or join the hand holding this is dumb. I think that's what it is. What's class 10? Sure. They're class... <laughs> this is a class 10. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, it's... In, like, again... Yeah. There probably are rules, but they're not they're, explained. They're, no, no, no. There aren't rules. And I think that is the problem. If there were rules, it, it feels a little... It's Like, I can, I can suspend my, you know, belief to... to to be like, oh, sure, you're, you're you're tethered to each other. So if one does something, the other one has to do it. But you have to like there has to be some sort of rules. And it kind of seems like when he was writing it, maybe he was like, you know, fuck that. I ain't explaining shit. And that becomes a little bit of an issue because then it turns it becomes messy. It becomes too jumbled. Like I, I can totally buy that in this world. The government cloned everybody in the fucking world put them in an underground bunker that for some reason leads to a fucking house of mirrors, just left them down there instead of getting, I I can believe all of that stupid bullshit. But like when you have so many weird inconsistencies with the rules of your characters or this and that, or like, here's a twist that doesn't quite line. Like that is what causes issues. Yeah. I just, Abby, what do you think? I wouldn't say I took issue. I say that it maybe detracts a little bit from the overall satisfaction that I have with the film. Um, and when it, when the camera pans away um, at the mountains and you see the hands across America, everyone holding hands, I felt, I think, I, I understand it's not a perfect movie, and but I like, I loved watching parts of it so much that I would say it's enjoyable and I'll go back to it. Um, I don't think nothing, there wasn't anything that was make that was stopping me from enjoying it while it was on. There were some things that made me scratch my head afterwards. I did not think the movie was scary. I will say that. Um, I do think it plays out like a horror movie, but at some point it turns into not a horror movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, as a writer, and I don't know. I don't know this. I haven't read, I try, I haven't read a whole lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Jordan Peele, his writing in this film, I don't know about Jordan Peele's world-building uh, skills, right? As far mm-hmm. as, like, building a world, establishing rules, uh, living within those rules. Because this is only his second movie, and, like... Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. let, like... People evolve as as writers and and everything else, but mm-hmm. I think the I think this movie went more. It's weird because there's a lot. It's a mainstream movie, but there's a lot of stuff that's just re- relies on like symbolism and like maybe there's a bigger story being told. And the, I think the more important story for Jordan Peele in this movie wasn't about like establishing the rules of how, but more illuminating like the social commentary of. This is about people who have, and what, what would you say, Abby? Have and have nots yeah, the in haves society. And have-nots. Yeah, and like, classism and, and that kind it, of thing. There's a lot of stuff, like, 
like even like the the golf putter being weaponized and like the the boats and like these are people who are like well off like both of these families like have money and you've got all of these doppelgangers who are also human beings and they don't have anything yet they are still needing to function as human beings and live a human life and have the human experience just without all of the benefits that the other folks have. I think that there are there's a lot of symbolism there with like crossing class. over from one side to the other. And I that mean, was that was my say, idea. Like, she's yeah. like, what do you, what are you? She's like, we are Americans. Like a lot of it. There, there's like an immigration thing. Like I fe- I feel like the more I thought about it today, there's more of the uh, overt symbolism in this movie than I originally thought because when i walked out i was just like man those red suits are cool yeah my first thought was that's gonna be a dragon con that's all we're gonna see is people in red suits holding hands but so jake i so in the in the in those ways like you i agree with you and i know that that doesn't really sit well with you which i respect um but i i feel like but then again maybe there are answers to maybe jordan peele will one thing with get out jordan peele no (laughs) <laughs> no, that's a, well, I, I understand. No, no, I'm not, I'm not disparaging like what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but if you, if you, if you don't present it in your movie, then it doesn't matter. If you have to come out after your movie hmm. and then give all these reasons and rules and answers, then that, that doesn't count. If it's not in your movie, then it, it's not as well written as it could. Like, if you had all those answers, then fucking put it in the movie. Like symbolism is great and it's fun here and there, but it not at the detriment of the film, like just filling your movie with symbolism. Isn't an excuse for the rest of the movie to, to be like lacking in certain areas. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. There can be like a medium of like, Oh, Hey, my movie can make sense and still have symbolism or Mm -hmm. my movie can be filled with fucking symbolism and not make any kind of sense. It doesn't have to be like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just, I guess, I don't know. Cause I feel like to me, it feels more, I don't want to. This is better than an episode of Black Mirror, or better than like an episode of The Twilight Zone. But to me, maybe mm. it feels more like like there's an idea being presented, and for whatever reason, like it's just it's not necessarily like to me. I don't feel like I don't need to know why the little girl stayed down there for thirty years. Like I just know that she did. And there are reasons that she did that they're not explained, but that doesn't necessarily affect my enjoyment of the film. For this particular movie, certain movies, I do want the deeper dive, but it did just in viewing it, it didn't affect my experience. Yeah. That's just a personal thing. Yeah. Like that's just the, that, that between that's, me and you, that's just a personal, like, yeah, right. That's what to it me, things. In some, there are plenty of movies that I have seen where I've been like, oh, well, this is fucking weird and it doesn't make any sense, but I don't care because I fucking love it. It's just yeah, like it, come, it comes down to everybody's personal, uh, you know, level of enjoyment watching the movie. Like, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I can't like nobody can help how they feel when they when they watch a movie. And I... there's so many different things happening in this movie that makes me feel like. I feel conflicted about it because like on one hand, like I, I, I've been super happy with like 
everything Jordan Peele has done. I loved Key and Peele. And I remember when Key and Peele was on, uh, there were so many like references and hints at a lot of horror movies that I remember being like, one of these guys loves horror and you could tell. And, and as soon as, and you know, I don't think get out is the best movie in the world, but it's great and it's fun and it's different. And, and I have said this a million times, both of these movies seem like full length versions of a twilight zone episode. And when movies one uh, something that I personally enjoy, if a movie is weird and it seems to me like this could have been like a tales from the crypt episode or a twilight zone episode, I, I enjoy that a lot. And these movies are both like that. They both have issues, but I don't think that makes either one of them bad. It just so happens that personally, when I came out of it, those things were bothering me. Yeah, you know, that I was like, you they, they were keeping me from like a hundred percent diving into it and loving it, which kind of annoys me. You know what I mean? Like it, it turns into like a well, what the fuck? Like I like, I really like this part, but this I, I don't I see want what you're these saying. things to bother me, but they do. It's conflicting. It's not that different from. Yeah. <clears throat> it's better than Prometheus, but it's a similar experience of like I loved so many parts of this. It's, yeah, yeah, but did it really right. do me wrong or did it do me right? Like at the exactly, end of the day, exactly. And I think maybe like on on a couple more views, maybe like maybe I'll get to a point where I'm like, oh, I don't care about that shit anymore mm-hmm. because the rest of it I really like. Or maybe I could be like, this movie sucks. I don't see that happening. But I do think no matter what, I think Jordan Peele um, is important to horror right now, yeah. and I think. He's gonna make. I think he's gonna do nothing but get better at what he's doing. You know? Yes, and he's having fun, and I feel like I'm having fun when I'm watching his movies. Yeah. In particular, my favorite scene of the entire movie was when the kids are arming themselves with the golf club and the geode statue. Yeah, yeah. That shit is so fun, and like when they acknowledge how like all their kill counts and stuff in the car, like that's playful. It's fun. He he loves horror, and like it's it's palpable, and like I I will be excited to watch more movies by Jordan Peele. This isn't like a, 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 not a count against him or anything other than. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, another great attempt that maybe wasn't the fully formed vision it could have been, but I'm still happy with it. What a, I agree. I thought Lupita Nyong'o, I think that's how you say her last name. I yeah. thought she was great. Um, so yeah. th- well, big, big spoilers here. So pl- if you're still listening and you don't want to be spoiled, turn it off. Um, mm-hmm. The twist, right? So it's revealed at the end. Uh, that uh, she is not the doppelganger that she's going up against is actually the original girl who got lost mm-hmm. um, at the the uh, House of Mirrors. Yeah. Um, We've been rooting for the shadow girl the entire time. Right. When you when you start thinking about it, it's a little bit of that sixth sense kind of thing where. Now that you know it, you can kind of pick up on some of the hits. There's some clues here and there. Yeah, yeah. like the way that she handles the scissors to kill um, inside the house. Like when she goes back to get the keys to the car. That's a. She makes a lot of like weird grunting noises when she's killing some of the other characters. Yeah, and when she's sitting down. I remember being like, oh, well, that she sounds like the other girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also when she's talking to Peggy from the office, um, not the office, excuse me, Mad Men at the beach. And she's like, oh, yeah, I have trouble talking like that is a dead kind of a little giveaway there. So, yeah. And um, 
one thing that I didn't even it was pointed out to me today is like her white outfit uh, is red and blood by the end of the movie, um, which is that's more symbolism, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I thought she was great. I thought the cast was great. I love God, Abby. If you could look it up, the actor who played the dad. Oh, he's from. Um, you know, he's in Black Panther. Black Avengers Panther. As well. He's like the funny guy. Yeah, I'm about to get. He's names like the here. leader of the other tribe. Like the really scary dude, and yeah. like, oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's him. Um, wow, he's only done good for him. Four man. movies: Black Panther, Avengers, oh, Winston Duke, Infinity War, and Us. So yeah, he's, he's doing good. He's got a hey. That dude's got a good track record. I <laughs> yeah, like he's him. He's doing good. Um, that, I, thought, I like that guy a lot. Yeah, he yeah. was hilarious. I thought with the, the kids were great. Yeah. Um, and let, let's wrap it up. There's a lot of like nods to movies that we adore. Uh, and directors we love. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jordan Peele loves, you know, Stephen King. He loves Stanley Kubrick. He mm-hmm. loves Steven Spielberg. There's some Stanley um, Kubrick shots in the beginning. Jake, it's got to make you feel good to see a kid running around in a, a universal werewolf mask and a Jaws t-shirt. <sighs> when the when the trailer came out, I, I, I yeah, that's my, obviously like that's my favorite thing about this movie. I love that. I love that Jordan Peele. Like I, I read an interview um, yesterday, I think, where Jordan Peele had to personally contact Steven Spielberg and he said he begged him to let that kid wear a jaw shirt. Like he, 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 there's a lot of references to a lot of horror movies in here and they're all like purposeful references. He knew he wanted that kid in a jaw shirt and he, he, he fucking called Steven Spielberg and asked him, you know, I think that's great. I think, um, and yeah, there's like the shot when they're, they're driving up. It's like the overhead winding road shot is clearly like right out of the shining. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. All the beach shots are very jaws esque. Yep. Um, and there's just little stuff throughout the movie that it's, uh, I can't wait to see it again and try to pick up Mm -hmm. on some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Very cool. I just read Jordan Peele was the voice of the narrator inside the, um, the house, the fun house on the beach. Very cool. I want to go to that fun house. I don't. Dude, that made me want to go to a fun house. More like a not-so-fun house. (laughs) Oh, that's clever. Um, Well, cool. Well, we can wrap it up here. Uh, It's like... (laughs) What'd you say? I'm just having fun. Oh, okay. Um, We didn't even get to the Star Wars stuff, but we can talk about it next week. Yeah, there's some pictures. Uh, We're going to have a lot of Star Wars talk with Celebration trailer and all that stuff coming Mm -hmm. up. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Uh, I like a different Um, movie more. So, to recap tonight's episode. Zack Snyder is great. Didn't we have Zack Snyder on the podcast? Uh, Friend of the podcast. I always mix those up. Uh, Thank you to John (laughs) Jacoba for joining us tonight to talk a little bit of DC Comics, Captain Marvel, Us, Ghostbusters Fan Fest. We covered Mm -hmm. a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. Before we go, I got to tell you about social media. Yeah. At YHS Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to all of our new followers on Instagram. We really appreciate everybody Mm -hmm. checking it out. We like to show off our toys and our things, and we uh, are having a lot of fun with that. So follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash yes, have some cast. And of course, the official Facebook group for Yes, Have Some Podcast. Yes, have some group therapy. Tonight's episode of Yes, Have Some Podcast is brought to you by Group, group Therapy. therapy. Uh, Abby, yeah. want to tell everybody how to get there? Yeah, it's super easy. Log into Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash yes, have some cast. Scroll down. 
You will see, yes, have some group therapy pop up, ask to join. Myself or Jake will approve you. And it's that easy, folks. Just get in the group and post some quality content. And, uh, Jake, anything else before we sign off? Uh, you know, just drink Dr. Pepper. Yeah. There you go. Drink a little DP. And then, uh, don't forget to join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash yes, have some. And we will see everybody next week. Yeah. Where, I'm trying to think. Depending on when we see it, maybe we'll have Pet Cemetery reactions next week. Cool. But maybe not. I'm confused. I don't know when things come out. That's on Thursday. We record on Wednesday. Well, let's well, go ahead and pretend we'll have a we Dumbo. We'll, we'll talk about Dumbo. We'll all go see Dumbo this Yay. week. Yay! That's not gonna That's happen. Not gonna happen. No. Got a splitting headache. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbo. All right, bye everybody. Bye. Bye.